Bickley and Murata Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley Blast. Did you hear the news? Devin Booker says he's rounding third, and that sounds very encouraging. Just what the Suns need. After all, what can possibly happen to a team that's already been thrown out at home like they were by Luka and Mavs and the Mavs in Game 7 last year? And unfortunately, that is the ghost the Suns are still chasing. They have to prove they are not postseason frauds, ill-equipped for the strategizing and matchup exploitation that happens in playoff basketball and they can prove none of that right now, whether they're rolling hot and winning six of seven games or shooting bricks and getting blown off the court like last night. But here's the thing. The Suns have played 30 basketball games since December 5th. They've lost 19 of them. And of those 19 losses, 11 have been by 13 or more points and six of them have been more by more than 25 points and it's the last stat that I'm really concerned about because getting blown off a court in the NBA is a traumatic experience in a swagger-driven league. You can absorb a couple of these punishing losses, but six in the span of 30 games? That can burrow deep into a team's psyche and its soul, tearing its self-belief and what it believes it can realistically accomplish as a group. And yet, Matt Ishbia is also rounding third. He's scheduled to take control of the team next Wednesday, just before the NBA trade deadline. And at the moment, it's what he thinks that matters most. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW. You've got two great locations. They make luxury attainable, and you can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Let's hope Ishbia doesn't pass Booker rounding short oh, headed to Homer. Let's out. go both. Yeah, you have both get thrown out. You don't want that. Uh, I heard Bernsey say this and um, yesterday, and he's exactly right. And I kind of knew this subconsciously. I think we all did. But when you factor in Waste Management Phoenix Open, Super Bowl in our backyard, new Suns owner being introduced the day before a trade deadline mm-hmm. where there's potential moves to be made. Mm-hmm. We're talking about one of the potentially most uh, history-shaping weeks in Arizona sports in a long time. One of the more audacious Februarys we've had in quite some time. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm with Which you on that. immediately makes August the worst month of the year. <laughs> I, listen, or July. I, I, I told you, I'm, I'm putting my... It, no, I can't vote for July. It's my daughter's birthday in July. Yeah, my birthday's in August. My birthday's in August. Yeah, that's why it's the worst month. Who cares about you, Ferret? You know, Shut up, Jerry. You know, my birthday's in July, too. You're exactly right. That's July right. is the worst that month. <laughs> God forsaken yeah, month that I entered yeah, Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, so a lot's going to be happening here. I, I do agree with you that this is going to get a little bit nutty. There's There has been, as somebody who just wrote a book, on on the WM Phoenix Open, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to tell you there this there's never been a confluence like this. It's always nuts when the golf tournament pairs up with the Super Bowl in Arizona, but it's never been like this. The money that is circulating, mm-hmm. the amount of the amount of tourism that is coming not just from out of state but out of country would blow your mind. The amount of tours that have been sold by foreign agencies pairing a Saturday at the Open with a Super Bowl ticket on Sunday, you wouldn't believe how much those packages are going and how well they've sold. 
anybody who's got a client who, who is even remotely attached to the golf business has to be at the WM Phoenix Open on a Saturday. Everybody who's anybody has to be at the Super Bowl on Sunday. It's going to be insane here. If you wanted to go out to eat on Saturday, February 11th, Saturday night, make your reservations now and avoid Scottsdale. <laughs> Good yeah, advice. This is not the weekend to celebrate Valentine's Day early and <laughs> no, beat the rush. And beat the no. rush. If you, wait, wait if, you Tuesday. if you want a little if you want a little anecdotal evidence about how much money is swirling overhead at the moment and, and where it's going to go, go look up tea times in the valley. Go to oh. golfnow.com and go try to book a tea time for the week of the Super Bowl. You will laugh out loud at some of the prices. Try to book a room. Even the most low budget Cockroach won't stay here kind of hotel. <laughs> They're getting three bills a night. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's and, and it's all happening. It's right, and it's right all, here. And then you mentioned the trade deadline that could be it could be much ado about nothing or it could be mountainous. It could be Man, I just had a thought. And the Cardinals had coaching. I hope search. Matt Ishby has got a place here because the hotel rates <laughs> are gonna be outrageous. Yeah, he can that would set him Perry back. Can rent him his place. <laughs> oh, fireplace would be nice. Hey, this man, time don't, I don't got a lot of decorations on the wall. Are you Leo? <laughs> You'll be, you're in luck if you're a Leo, brother. Wait, I'm gonna Google. Is Google, Google. Hold <laughs> on. Just be a board. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's gonna be it's gonna be insane here, and this trade deadline is going to. I mean, it's the immediate future of the Phoenix Suns. We're gonna get it's it's yeah. gonna be decided, really. Well, he's a Capricorn guy, so uh. I, just need, I just need you to know that. There's right. three things, though. I mean, and we can rank what we're most excited about. You know, is it the return of Devin Booker? Is it the takeover of Matt Ishbia, or is it the potential changes at the trade deadline? With all due respect, start to Devin, sit cut Devin. Yeah, with all due respect to Devin Booker coming back, and that's exactly what the Suns need is is his ability, uh, his playmaking, all of what he brings to the team. He makes good things. I'm happen. starting Matt Ishbia. I'm <laughs> sitting Devin Booker, and I'm cutting the trade deadline. Just because you don't think much is going to come from the trade deadline, I still don't. Um, I, you know, I said what I said earlier, and I'll stick by that. That I think there will be a Jay Crowder trade, and I think there's probably a, a nudge, nudge, wink, wink agreement. But with the understanding that James Jones is going to try to get more for Jay Crowder, does than- Jay Crowder and Dario Sharich and DeAndre Ayton and Cam Johnson and every draft pick you have line up with Pascal Siakam and Fred VanVleet? Would you do that? Oh, in a heartbeat. Really? In a heartbeat. Yeah. Yes. So you would, yes. You would double trade, yes. You would trade all that for the core of an underachieving team in Toronto? Add those two pieces to Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges yeah, I, and the aging Chris Paul? Yeah. Yes, I would. But that's just me. Mr. Vegas, come on, dare me, bluff me. Remember that scene from Stripes when John Candy is telling that real goofy guy, come on, dare me, bluff me. <laughs> well, see, you've got a two and a three and a five. If you'd had five fives, you'd have won. But you're getting pretty good at this, aren't you? No, no, no. you got to make my buck because uh, we're in Italy. If we had been in Germany, I would have to make yours, but we're in Italy, so you have to make mine. That's right. So good. John Candy. Love that guy. Did you know that being a Capricorn means you have good digestion? <laughs> wow. I'm reading about Matt Ishbia's digestion. Go. That's, that's one got one notch up on the Indianapolis Colts owner. <laughs> Wait, oh, Jared. The Suns owner. Again, that's you one don't r- know he was on the toilet for an hour. 
Do you know what I saw, Jared? I saw somebody last night, a comedian who said literally, and I thought of you, he said that in this day and age, toilet humor is out. Nobody wants it anymore. And I said, can somebody clue in my man, Jared? I agree. In the last hour, I went to the toilet five times. It's out, Jared. People don't want it anymore. That's whole. That's Jared's comedic <laughs> brand, though. What will you do? What he's, got car, do he's got carte blanche on toilet humor, <laughs> making fun of overweight people. Fest. If toilet humor others, is his number one thing, what that would guy, be Jared? number two? Right, right. I pooped my pants. What would be number two? Poop fest. Okay. All right, Jared. Not if you're I poop my diaper. Oh, what? That's a new one. Mm, man, this is delicious poop. <laughs> mm, that's them. some delicious poop. Is it 10 o'clock yet? Mm. I'm going to delete those. <laughs> I <laughs> love poop. <laughs> I'm going to delete those. Yeah, sir, you've got access. Go in there. Just hide them, if nothing else. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I will do that. Can you imagine the panic on Jared's face? I can't find poop fest! <laughs> Sitting on a toilet! <laughs> I can't find yeah. poop fest! <laughs> a foreign butt on my toilet. If you had 8.12 a.m. on this Thursday as the point of the show where the wheels come flying off, I have to go to the toilet. Congratulations, you're a winner. Coming up next, will the Arizona Cardinals be the last team to hire a head coach in the 2023 cycle? We'll get into that possibility and more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, Cardinals head coaching search, update, update, update. Well, I was hoping he'd be the Cardinals head coach. I'll, I'll be real honest with you. I thought he was the perfect fit for Kyler Murray and this offense and this team and, and the kind of personality they needed. They, they gave up a lot to give him, and that's probably to get him, and that's probably you know the the one thing that you don't like giving up all those picks. It's Jay Feely, CBS Sports analyst with Wolf and Luke yesterday here on Arizona Sports, laying out there what a lot of Cardinals fans feel wanted Sean Payton to be the next head coach. Not gonna happen. He's going to Denver to coach. Russell Wilson and the uh, Broncos. That leaves the Cardinals and the Colts as the two franchises still looking for a head coach. Cardinals still in the process of interviewing a number of candidates today. Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm real curious what happens next. Mm. The Cardinals, in terms of second interviews are way behind the other teams, three of whom have already hired their coach. The Colts have interviewed everybody under the sun twice. And to my and I've been tracking this pretty closely on a daily basis, Bick. Mm-hmm. I think the only Cardinals candidate that has been widely reported to have two interviews was Dan Quinn, one on Zoom, one in person, and he's not in the running. Mm. What do you make of all of this? Is this just Dragon feet, or I, uh, well, I, I don't. What do I make of it? I, I make that you know they they took a swing at Sean Payton, and whether they um, botched that by not agreeing and negotiating and winning that deal with New Orleans, or whether they were used by Sean Payton, who really ultimately wanted to go to Denver, which is a much better football city and a, a much richer ownership base, and and it's a little bit different out there. Uh, I, I don't know what they're doing, to be honest with you. I I do think that the name Brian Flores still intrigues some people. 
And yet that name um, brings its own question marks. And uh, as in, okay, if if he were such a natural fit for the situation and for this new general manager, why hasn't he been hired already? And wouldn't you want to make wouldn't you want to create the perception that, oh, we got our guy. The last thing you want to do is uh, roll out Brian Flores after you interview 32 other people, half of whom most casual fans have never heard of, because now you're saying, okay, did we settle for Brian Flores? It's to be the last team yet again is a is a recurring thing with this football team. Taking their own sweet time with it, and the results have been mixed to say the least. Yeah, and there's the perception of, hey, this is taking a long time. But the the fact of the matter is, and we talked about it earlier in the week. The, the Senior Bowl is going on right mm-hmm. now. It's a very valuable week for for scouting types, for coaching types in in the NFL that are still not in the in the postseason. Um, coaching staffs have, are being constructed as we speak, so. You know, you might be getting your third choice at head coach, but what are you getting at offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator? How mm-hmm. far down the ladders uh, said head coach, how far does he have to go down to find the candidates to fill those positions? It's it, it's discouraging to say it the is. least. So, so the question really becomes, and what what is what is the obstacle here? When you get a guy like D'Amico Ryans, uh, who cancels an interview, with the Cardinals and another team for the Houston Texans. Now, granted, he's an alumni of the Texans, but what does that mean? It, it, you're still going to a place you think you can win or you want to win. Uh-huh. And so the question becomes, really, is the quarterback component in Arizona, what does that mean? Does that Has that really kind of softened the market for Michael Bidwell? Has Bidwell's image softened his own market of candidates who want to come and work here for whatever reasons? There have been there's been a lot of there's been a lot of angst and a lot of contentiousness from former players at the Arizona Cardinals in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of it. And so people notice that it's not a real stable situation. Yeah, and you wonder what the after effects of, of this year of dysfunction, as I brought up earlier, what what that has uh, put in the minds of, of these candidates and how how able is Michael Bidwell to to kind of brush those things over in the interview process. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's just, I if you would have told me the day after the Cardinals lost to the 49ers and Cliff Kingsbury got fired and Michael Bidwell wasted no time in making that maneuver um, and started this search and, and cast that net far and wide, if you would have told me that 24 days into this we'd still be talking about who's going to be the next head coach, mm-hmm. I would have not believed it, but... If you told me that that was the case, it would I'd be as discouraged as I am right now. Yeah, no. So, and and I'm not saying there's not good, inexperienced uh, candidates out there. Lou Anarumo. A lot of people have talked about you know their their level of belief in him. But again, it's I just don't think you can do that with a straight face if you're the Arizona Cardinals. You've rolled successive first time head coaches out there, and each has been a tremendous failure in their own way. Yes, and but. You get that response immediately. Whoa! What about a Nick Sirianni who's coaching in the in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. a week from Sunday? Mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni was not viewed as a very sexy hire by the Philadelphia Eagles mm-hmm. coming off the Doug Peterson uh, era. The difference is the Eagles have the players in place, and two years ago in 2021, the Cardinals had the players in place. That's what makes the finish to that season 
the most disappointing mm-hmm. is you know the Cardinals were still put together when when that late season collapse happened. They don't have the players right now to make a, a Nick Sirianni type hire and have immediate. No. Now there's a, there's a lot of room for improvement. Salary caps going up. You've got a lot of playground space to work with if you're Monty Austin for it because of the number of free agents. You can totally remake this roster, but right now it's all it's all a mystery. It's all abstract. Yeah. We don't know what this is going to look there, like. Yeah, listen, there there have been people who have said from day one, and I think Josh Weinfuss has already reported this from ESPN.com, that Vance Joseph, uh, from the last day of the season, acted very confident in his chances to get this job. That should I, I don't know how that hits people, but but it, it, it that's bothersome on a couple of different levels. Um, I, I think the idea that Vance Joseph is just sitting there as a defensive coordinator under contract and is not interviewed elsewhere, knowing full well that he could lose his job in a heartbeat if if somebody new was hired, that is interesting to me. That doesn't seem like a guy who's tripping about losing his job. So I, I don't know if, if a lot of this is perfunctory. I don't know if Vance Joseph, at the end of it all, isn't going to be the best option because mm-hmm. because of you need experience and on top of it, the Kyler Murray factor, if not his personality and and all that we saw that went down between him and Cliff Kingsbury and the lack of respect he showed to Cliff Kingsbury, the fact that he, no one knows when his return's going to be, a return that has been characterized by Ian Rappaport as he's not going to rush it. It's funny you don't hear that about Brock Purdy, right? You Brock don't. Purdy might need Tommy John surgery, but everyone's like, oh, no, no, he's going to be there in camp. Hey, oh, he's going to be there. Well, here's another aspect to consider on, on the possibility of Vance Joseph being the guy. If he is, how much of that staff from last year comes back? I mean, Vance Joseph has been part of the Arizona Cardinals staff since 2019. He's got relationships, obviously, with those coaches who are on that staff with him. The only, yeah, the only head coach to have success with the Arizona Cardinals in the last 15 years was a guy that demanded autonomy with his staff. He wasn't, you couldn't tell him anybody was going to replace any of his guys. He wouldn't have it in. Mm -hmm. And that is part of the that is part of the dynamic you need as a head football coach. You need that kind of power, and and until the Cardinals realize that, they're going to keep recycling this stuff. These the, issues are going to keep going and going and going and going. If they wound up with Vance Joseph too, it would be hard perceptually to just think that they didn't settle on him because he, I believe, was the very first person they interviewed. To interview him and then say, we're going to go interview 11 other people to try to find someone better? It's sort of a weird thing if he was that good of a candidate. Well, yes, and I, I, I get what you're saying, but also you do owe it to yourself in this process to hear as many voices, get as many viewpoints, and pick as many brains as you can. And they've obviously done that, but... You know, now we're twenty four days or, into this process. Or, or, How much brain picking can you do? Or, or it's. But again, Jared, I respect what you're saying, but you're ignoring the the very obvious corollary. What if the candidates you want do not want you? Well, that's it. It it could be that their first, their top four candidates could have been Sean Payton, Frank Reich, D'Amico Ryan's, and and Brian Flores. And or Dan Quinn. Or Dan and Quinn. Or Dan Quinn. So and they all those, just yeah. they all turn him down or chose other options. Mm-hmm. I want you to want me. I need you to need me. I'm begging you to beg me. <laughs> well, listen, look at look at what happened in Dallas. Okay. And you, you can re, you can see how coaches operate. Um Dan Quinn goes back 
as defensive coordinator and Kellen Moore says, I'm out of here. I'm going to the Chargers. Why do you think Kellen Moore did that? Because Kellen Moore knows that if they pluck a coordinator to be a new head coach in Dallas next year, it ain't going to be him. It's going to be that guy, Dan Quinn, who just came back a second time. So he's going out to L.A. to be the Chargers offensive coordinator where that head coach is also on thin ice. This is how they roll. But it's also, hey, I can work with Justin Herbert and not Dak Prescott. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's that, too. Where Jared is quietly saying behind the glass, be careful what you wish for. The same guy. Yeah. Soaks. Same guy. Yeah. Starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Just text SUPER to 620-620 to register. Once you hear your name... Call in within the time frame, and you could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, uh, you can win tickets to the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and Super Bowl Experience. Once again, just text SUPER to 620-620 to get entered. It's Arizona Sports All Access, presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Coming up next, big recruiting class coming in uh, for the Arizona State Sun Devils under first-year head coach Kenny Dillingham. We'll get the thoughts of Chris Cartman from Sun Devil Source next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I think one of our strengths is what I always talk about, activating the Valley, right? It's not just activating the Valley. It's activating the alumni base, right? This is one of the largest universities in the country, right? We can reach more people than basically any school in the country if we utilize each other. If we all just put in a little bit, not a lot, if everybody just does a little bit, this place can be special. Kenny Dillingham, the new head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, on with Burns and Gambo yesterday here on Arizona Sports. Big day for the Sun Devils, capping uh, Kenny Dillingham's first national signing day. 46 new players in total, 26 from the high school and junior college ranks, 20, or 26 uh, yeah, and uh, 20 transfers uh, coming in here to talk about the class, its impact, and uh, what moving forward. Chris Cartman from Sun Devil Source, their publisher, joins us here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm doing fine. It's been uh, quite an unbelievable pace for the last couple months. I don't know how Kenny Dillingham and these coaches managed. Yeah, and and you had to keep up with all of it. And, and yesterday, obviously, the highlight of it was getting the commitment from Jaden Rashada, who left Florida, coming to his father's alma mater, a very highly touted uh, quarterback recruit. Um, and, and I know you once the Florida thing kind of broke apart, there were people such as yourselves kind of projecting this to happen. So not not a big surprise, but how big is this for the program? Well, it's massive. Uh, from a PR standpoint, uh, there's nobody that's going to come even close uh, to getting the type of attention. Quarterback, of course, the most important position. This is the, the highest-ranked prospect by a new coach in his first class at ASU this century. And there's some big names on that list because uh, Merlin Robertson, Todd, Todd Graham, you had DJ Foster, uh, and then uh, you have even prior to that, uh, they, they had, um, you know, one of the one of the better Sun Devils of all time, I would say, as far as like what, what uh, or at least in recent years, I would say, uh, with, with Omar Bolden, who mm-hmm. everybody remembers his commitment when he flipped the, the USC hat and all that stuff. So um, when you get a guy of this caliber, and especially – at that position, uh, on top of what they already have in, in the room via the, the transfers of Drew Pine and uh, Jacob Conover, uh, they've significantly improved their depth and their talent at that 
ultimate key position and that projects well to everything else that you're trying to do in recruiting do you do you think Jaden Rashada as this highly ranked recruit is going to be good enough quick enough to compete in a quarterback loaded conference next season what exactly should the realistic expectations be well, I'm not going to rule that out. I, I can't say yes. So much of that comes down to what's between the ears. Um, do you have the, the maturity and do you have the ability to learn that quickly? Um, the thing I like about Kenny Dillingham, that's one of, one of the more important things here as it relates specifically to the offense, right, is he doesn't make things very complex, and yet they have the ability to generate a lot of open guys in the passing game. And that's something that uh, – Rob Likens, who probably didn't get enough credit for when he was at ASU with, with Jane Daniels as a freshman. And then subsequently, things got more complex. It got actually a little bit harder uh, for, for Daniels and the passing game. And then they had some, some problems, really, that resulted out, uh, off of that. And uh, I think that Dillingham coming from the Mike Norvell coaching tree, uh, it's very clearly they do a great job uh, developing Bo Nix and others before him at uh, being able to uh, not have it be overly complicated, give them a really sort of a personnel-friendly approach uh, to, to playing the game, but still can be explosive and dynamic. And so those things enable someone like Jaden Rashada to be able to come in and uh, have a little bit easier pathway. Now, it's very difficult, right, when you have Drew Pine. He was 8-2 and two as a starter at Notre Dame. That's pretty impressive. And then, of course, uh, you have Trenton Bourget coming back. He was a, a solid starter playing with an injury last season that people really didn't know that much about. Uh, he had surgery on his foot after the season, and that was a tumultuous season with multiple coordinators and all kinds of things that they had to change in the middle of the year. So, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun covering it. Chris Cartman, publisher of SunDevilSource.com, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. With Rashada, I mean, obviously people have followed the story. He was at Florida. He had the NIL deal blow up, and it was a very lucrative NIL deal. So now that he's at Arizona State, Chris, and we know this is part of the mix now, how much pressure is on this Sun Devil Collective, you know, the alumni base, to uh, to get Jaden Rashada paid, which still sounds weird for me to say yeah, it out loud, but it. I mean that, <laughs> that's one of the checklist items now. Just how much pressure? Is, how much pressure is on? So this is actually one of the most impressive things about kind of how they're building a roster at ASU. You mentioned the 46 new players or whatever, and it's hard to keep track of. Um, none of those guys were financially induced by the collective uh, to, to, to come to ASU, and and that includes Rashada. Um, now, of course, the star players are going to expect that they're going to be getting compensated, and the collective did a good job from a market value perspective of taking care of both uh, Jalen Conyers and Elijah Badger, who that kept uh, ASU's top two uh, skill guys in the fold who, who had remaining eligibility, right, on offense. And um, their, their culture, I think, is the, is the thing that people aren't talking enough about because let's say that Jaden Rashad or somebody like that uh, – Gets, gets a, a, a big deal, six figures or more, uh, comes in, sits the bench for two years, and you got a starter that's making less than that, or that, that that's happening at other positions. There was a lot of talk into how many millions of dollars that went toward Texas A&M's signing class, 
right? Everybody yes. knew that was like a really big thing that happened in college football. And then they ended up having massive cultural problems in addition to their quarterback issues wow. that undermined the entire thing. And wow. if you don't have many, many, many millions of dollars to be able to give pretty much all your players at least you know a few thousand dollars a month up to 10,000 or 15,000 a month for your better players which ends up becoming a lot of money in a hurry right you you risk basically sabotaging yourself when you're trying to speak from a an honest mm-hmm. standpoint about the value of all your players everybody understands that your stars are getting paid uh, quite a bit of money as much as they can actually but to go and try to buy guys from with a collective from a collective perspective um, when you don't even have a bunch of millions and you're trying to set the right foundation to what you're trying to build, I think doesn't really make a lot of sense. And they didn't have to do that in this case, which I think is very important to trying to get things uh, started in the in, in the right place. That's such a great point because you, you see in any workplace how chemistry can just spiral in the wrong direction if there's one person who's getting everything. And no, it, it, it's it, that's a very relatable anecdote uh, that you're right that could tear apart a football team. All right, you know we've had a lot of optimism surrounding a lot of previous hires. Um, we we've heard a lot of this before. We've had coaches come in and hit all the key talking points from Cap from Camp T to Pat Tillman. What makes you think Kenny Dillingham is different? Uh, several things that are really important. First, uh, I mentioned uh, the, the culture, but I think part of that comes from having a uh, a very detailed understanding of ASU and the Valley specifically. Um, it, they're not learning a bunch of things as they're hitting the ground, trying to move a million miles an hour, trying to do all these other things. Like they already have this, this natural organic perspective on what's important at ASU locally in the PAC 12. Uh, They understand staffing to the state and to the region. They understand schemes at a very high level that is uh, contemporary um, and, and, and recruiting uh, oriented to the region. So the last four coaches at ASU, they haven't been able to check all of those boxes. Some have had one or two of those things, or but not all of them. Now you have to go really back to probably Bruce Snyder. And then the other thing I think is super, super important is you have to be able to push kids hard and honestly, but also hug them and love them up. And what, what's happened at ASU is you had on one end of the spectrum – Dirk Cutter and Todd Graham, you know, kind of my way or the highway. And at the end of a year or two or three, the players were like, okay, we're not getting the love and it doesn't feel authentic. And at the other end of the spectrum, you have the players' coaches who are still permissive and tolerant. And, hey, it's on you guys. You decide if you want to be go out there and be great. And if not, okay, fine. You have to be able to be able to service both of those things and walk the middle line of pushing kids hard, hugging them up, Dillingham, everything that he says, every, every conversation that he has is about we're going to work harder than, than, than you ever have, but, but we're going to love the process of working hard. We're going to fall in love with that, and I'm doing this because it's in your best interest, which is also in our best interest. And I think he articulates it in an extremely uh, um, persuasive way that has a lot of value and probably hasn't been the case at ASU since at least Bruce Snyder. Yeah, Chris, great stuff as always. Thank you so much uh, for joining us and giving Thanks, us the Chris. information.
My pleasure. Thank you, Chris Cartman, uh, publisher, SunDevilSource.com, part of 24-7 Sports. He joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, lots of mystery around the San Francisco 49ers quarterback position moving forward. Uh, their starter at the end of the year is hurt. Their starter from the beginning of the year is recovering. The starter from the middle of the year, the handsome guy, yeah, he's out him. apparently. We'll get into all of it more NFL hash marks next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata hash marks. Scenario which you guys can see Jimmy being back, and if so, what what would that look? No, I don't see any scenario with that. Kyle Shanahan, quick and to the point. Could Jimmy G be back next year for another year with the 49ers mm. in light of what the, the 49ers now know? Uh, and not a final synopsis on, on what Brock Purdy needs to get to get well, Bick. But uh, no, can't see a scenario where Jimmy G is back. Didn't they well, say they that? can't tag him anymore. Yeah, didn't they say that last year, though? They did say that last year, and they <laughs> and caught, started ten and they games caught, for him, and they caught quite a break in the process with with Jimmy G still being around and kind of being a bridge between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Listen, the, the 49ers have been doing a, a shell game at quarterback now here for a few years running. They're trying to thread the needle, and they still haven't quite done it. And just when they thought you had something from Brock Purdy, you, you wonder you wonder if this is going to be a little hiccup in the career of Brock Purdy, or if Brock Purdy is going to be one of those. Who was that guy that came in at the end of that 2022 season? Yeah. Who was that guy again? Zeb Nutley. Yeah, Hank Gudgley? No, Brock Brock Purdy, that's it. Does he become a Tom Brady or Kurt Warner type figure, or does he become a Clint Longley type figure? Oh, well, that's a good Uh, pull. mm, Mm -hmm. mm, I would have fresco. Or Zeb Nutley. Zeb Nutley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The 49ers are one team, and you know, being one of the best teams in the NFL, they're at the top of the list in terms of quarterback uncertainty. If Garoppolo's not there, you still don't know what you have in Trey Lance, uh-huh. and, and he's recovering from a serious injury. Brock Purdy's probably on the shelf for the season, so there's an opportunity there for to make, to make noise. And we talk about the quarterback carousel every year in the offseason. Just off the top of, you know, just looking at the list of teams with questions about their quarterback position. Yeah. Miami, Tua Tungavailoa just got out of concussion yeah, protocol. That. Yeah, that was... it's thirty-seven days. <laughs> but and now uh-huh. there's a lot of people around the league, Bick, that are saying, "Hey, don't." I, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm not investing heavily or or trusting Tua Tungavailoa, which was unfortunate, but it's probably wise. They've got questions. Mm-hmm. The New York Jets have questions. Mm-hmm. The Baltimore Ravens are certainly in that mix. Mm-hmm. The Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans. This is still just in the AFC. Yeah. Uh, the Vegas Raiders, also in that mix. In the NFC... Um, what do the Giants do with Daniel Jones? I, I think Daniel Jones is going to get extended. That's just my own personal I, I don't know what option they have, really. I mean, they could could explore it in the draft, but he was pretty good this year. He, yes, yeah. Uh, Washington has questions. Green Bay has questions. Uh, Tampa Bay, Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta, all the have questions. Division. And the 49ers have questions. Throw the Cardinals into that mix, too. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're getting, if anything, from well, Kyler Murray in 2023. And, but that's what, and that's what scares me. We'll be back there too. That's but what you scares can throw me. Them in there. You mentioned the Texans as a team that doesn't have the quarterback box checked, and yet D'Amico Ryan's was like, "Yeah, I don't need to go to Arizona. I'm going to take that job." So the implication is, I, I can work with who you have, or I'd rather go find my own than deal with that guy. But you could, yeah. But you could all, you know, going in. That box is not checked, but you have a good chance of checking it with Bryce Young or mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud or Will Levis. 
Because you have the number two overall yeah. pick. Yeah. But that's half the league looking for I, I know. <laughs> I, again, this is why this is why those jobs are just. Uh, it's it's incredible to me how the the laws of supply and demand continue to be such that there's not enough good quarterbacks to go around. This is why guys like Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones about to get paid, even mm-hmm. though they're just barely above mediocre. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, again, the, these jobs, they're absolutely enormous in, in scope and in what the best ones do for football teams. I was thinking about this and, and the way you said it. There's not enough good quarterbacks to go around. But recently I was having the thoughts. Uh, we know it's the most important position in sports. If you don't have a quarterback, 99 times out of 100, you got no chance. Mm-hmm. If you have one, it guarantees you nothing. Is... I mean, has it become too difficult to play quarterback in the NFL? That's a good question. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you got a, a, a group of like five elite quarterbacks. Yeah, because you've got to have this elite skill set at the very top that's almost requiring you now to be a dual threat, if not be very mobile. But it's not even just that. And then there's the the intellectual component. Which which we underestimate from the outside all the time. Well, listen, that is so well said. If you watch a football game, okay, you watch a quarterback gets a play from the sideline. He comes in, it seems as if he says seven words to the huddle. Uh Have you noticed that? He comes in, and they're done. They're breaking already. How does that much information get conveyed like that? Yeah, I mean it's these are incredibly complicated jobs. Then you've got to then you've got to have the courage element. You've got to be able to actually see everything you practice and repped at live speed with people who are quite literally looking to take your head off. Mm-hmm. So there's that. There's the yeah. I, I mean it's 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 incredible. It really is. I mean, people, uh, a goaltender is an important job. It's nowhere near as hard of a job as NFL quarterback is. No, because, I mean, not to say that there's not technical or intellectual aspects to it, but, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of it is, it boils down to see puck, stop puck. Sometimes you take one in the bread basket as a goal and you're like, ooh, and they're like, oh, great job. You're like, I didn't do anything but just get in the way of that thing. What are you you complimenting me for? I just took that thing in the jewels. (laughs) Where it bounces off your helmet. Yeah, boy. Well, way to be in the right place <laughs> at the right save, time. Great yeah, save. Good. Great save. Goal save, <laughs> goal save and a beauty. Goal save and a beauty. That won't leave a mark. <laughs> yeah, You're I, right. I don't ever remember. And, and I know we, we talked about it a lot last year with all the quarterbacks that were going to be moved. I don't ever remember it being this open, I, where there was this many teams uncertain. Because even teams that have quarterbacks like the Steelers or the Lions, it's not like they're enthused about them. Well, I think I, there's I, a renewed enthusiasm Jared Goff? from Jared Goff. And I think their late season, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the storyline out of Kenny Pittsburgh Pickett? was, look, Kenny Pickett got it. The light bulb went on as the, as the season went on. But, or the yeah. Patriots with Mac Watts, Mac uh, Jones, what's his name? <laughs> Mac <laughs> you guys Davis. Me up Come now. on, man. Mac Davis, Mac Jones, Bernie Mac, yeah. Return of the Mac, Mac, Mac and Cheese, Chili Mac, <laughs> yeah. Big Mac, <laughs> Macking, Mac the Knife, <laughs> Mac Truck. Jared has been in rare form today. 
As in not so rare, not rare enough. What if Joe Burrow <laughs> yeah. never loses a Super Bowl? Not rare. Oh wait, enough. he did that. What oh, am I yeah, talking about? Right. <laughs> that, that was up for you. That going in the montage, please. Oh, oh yeah, that'll make the montage. <laughs> It's like 90% Jared anyway. <laughs> yeah, how about it? Sorry if I'm the only one that says entertaining stuff. Yeah. The, three, the three good moments Jared has in any given week will all show up in the montage. <laughs> it's the best moments of the week. What do you want from my uh-huh. life? I'm sorry. Everyone make a funny noise so you can make the montage. All right, good. I love it. Hey, Text uh-huh. your thoughts to the or don't to the FanDuel <laughs> text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we hit the 9 o'clock hour. Sarah takes us through some social studies here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.